Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Why don't you jump in with me? Buckle up and let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the infrastructure bill finally made it through Congress and it's on its way to the president's desk. Agriculture groups seem to be pleased with the funding that's in this bill for infrastructure improvements. However, there's still that Build Back Better spending bill being debated in Congress. Ag groups aren't so keen on that one. We'll have that story to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. With high fertilizer prices continuing to jolt Texas High Plains farmers, we have some special advice regarding nitrogen. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Crop year elections and enrollment are underway for the agriculture risk coverage and price loss coverage programs. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. After a slow start due to hot, dry weather, the wheat planting pace has picked up. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I have the story in my report from the Rolling Plains. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Biden administration's $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill passed the House Friday and is now on its way to the president's desk. Agriculture groups are supportive of the bill's funding for rural broadband expansion and construction of roads, bridges, and waterway projects. But the bigger fight over the larger Build Back Better bill continues. That bill is opposed by many farm groups like the American Farm Bureau Federation. AFBF President Zippy Duvall says the bill contains $2 trillion worth of tax increases that will be passed along to farmers. So those taxes will roll back to the farm and it will be very expensive for us to be able to handle the increase in cost because we already have tremendously increased cost. Every individual in America is paying more for everything. Uh, but if, if we do this, it's going to be uh, a real big burden on farmers and ranchers because all that's going to roll back to, to their expense line. The bill has some $88 billion in it for ag research, infrastructure, biofuels conservation, forestry, and debt relief. But Duvall argues that pales in comparison to the multi-trillion dollar cost of the bill. The Texas Wheat Symposium is just around the corner. Wheat growers from across Texas will gather in Amarillo early next month to discuss farm policy, commodity markets, and crop management at the 2021 Texas Wheat Symposium. The annual event will be held Wednesday, December 1st, in conjunction with the Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show in the Amarillo Civic Center. The event, hosted by Texas Wheat Producers Association, will include a keynote by David Wasserman, senior editor of the Cook Political Report. There will also be an NRCS update, an FSA update, a market outlook from AgriLife's Dr. Mark Welch, 
and a farm policy outlook from the Texas A&M Agricultural and Food Policy Center. U.S. Congressman Ronnie Jackson of Texas will deliver a video message. The event is free and open to the public. Again, that is December 1st at the Amarillo Civic Center. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. Intranasal vaccinations are a very effective way to vaccinate cattle. Charles Durbin of Fort Worth is with Merck Animal Health, and he says a lot of cattlemen aren't accustomed to using intranasal vaccination methods, but it's very effective. Yep, it's actually the most effective way to vaccinate an animal. It's through their mucosal and stimulating their mucosal immunity. I mean, it's a little bit different, right? you got to get used to it, but it's the preferred method of, of vaccination. So when you get a vaccine in them intranasally, you know that you have them vaccinated. Durbin says Merck intranasal products include a blue dye that goes away after an hour or so, allowing cattlemen the ability to look over a pen of calves and make sure every calf has been vaccinated. Fertilizer prices are high and still climbing. James Hunt tells us it's important to make sure you aren't wasting nutrients this year. With everybody in agriculture worried about sky-high fertilizer prices, for many farmers, nitrogen fertilizers could be the biggest concern. Analysts say nitrogen fertilizers are running about twice as high as they were a year ago. Well, as we reported last week, Russell French of Pioneer Hybrid is urging Texas High Plains farmers to get some soil testing done between now and next season. One tidbit from French that I didn't share last time is his specific advice regarding nitrogen. We don't want to waste anything, so if we have carryover out there from this year, we want to count that into next year's calculations. We probably need to be doing some subsoil nitrogen testing. Uh, We're going down there deeper to see what we have down in the profile. Because nitrogen is a mobile nutrient, and so we could have some down there in that second and third foot, which on corn and sorghum and even cotton, get down there and pick up that carryover nitrogen if it is there, and uh, reduce your input cost for next year. But as we talked about last week, French says if test results show more fertilizer is needed, it's a worthwhile expense because farmers don't want to sacrifice yields at a time when commodity prices are strong. Now, here's a quick note on an upcoming event being presented by Ogallala Commons. It's a Playa Field Day, November 16th in Silverton. That day's activities will begin at 9 a.m. at the Silverton Public Library with several presentations on topics including the role playas can play in aquifer recharge and the benefits of playa conservation for landowners. There will also be a catered lunch and a driving tour of nearby playas. Cost is $15 with registration requested by November 13th. For more information, contact Ogallala Commons. Contact information is available at ogallalacommons.org. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. ARC and PLC enrollment is underway for Texas farmers. Tom Nicoletti has the story. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Farm Service Agency is reminding producers that the election and enrollment period is now open nationwide. Farmers can now make or change elections and enroll in the 2022 Agriculture Risk Coverage or Price Loss Coverage programs, which provide future protections against market fluctuations. The period opened October 18th and runs through March 15th, 2022. Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Ducheneau says producers must enroll through a signed contract every year, although coverage election changes of enrolled acres is optional for the coming crop year. If you don't submit by that deadline, your election will remain the same as the 2021 election. There's also a couple of web-based decision tools that help producers make that choice between ARC or PLC programs. They're both available on our farmers.gov website. 
The FSA administrator breaks down the numbers of producers enrolled in either ARC or PLC. In 2019, we had 1.7 million contracts. And in 2020, we increased that to 1.8 million contracts. And in 2021, we did surpass that 1.8 million contract mark. The Agriculture Risk Coverage Program provides income support tied to historical base acres, not current production of covered commodities. Price loss coverage program payments are issued when the effective price of a covered commodity is less than the respective reference price for that commodity. The Farmers.gov website, along with local FSA offices, have additional details regarding ARC and PLC programs, including eligible crops for enrollment. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. After a slow start due to hot, dry weather, the wheat planting pace has picked up on the Texas Rolling Plains. Barry Mahler has an update from Wichita Falls. Even though the wheat planting activity on the Rolling Plains got off to a little later start than usual, some timely rains have helped pick up the pace, and it looks as though a high percentage of the crop was in the ground by the end of October. October is the month that a lot of farmers find to be optimum for planting as the summer weather is cool, moisture is more prevalent, and the ground temperature is still warm enough to promote quick emergence. As October progresses, there is usually less pressure from armyworms to attack the sprouting crops as the bugs tend to cycle out by then. With demand for grain improving and the price trading somewhere between the upper $6 range per bushel, there's a lot to be excited about as the grain drills run. But there always seems to be a fly in the ointment, as the old saying goes, and this year inputs in short supply seem to be it. Everything from tractor and equipment parts to chemicals and even fertilizer tend to be in short supply and quite a bit higher than previous years. Now, we've talked about the supply challenges on this program before, and hopefully over time they'll begin to ease. Most producers I've talked to have been able to get the job done by reaching out to all alternative suppliers and, well, stepping up to pay the higher prices. The one piece of the puzzle that seems to be most challenging is fertilizer. It's not uncommon for a farmer to apply up to 200 pounds of fertilizer on a wheat crop, that's a per acre uh, basis, with high yield and for the two uh, leading nutrients, of course, for wheat are phosphorus and nitrogen. Both ingredients are in short supply and the price is at records in most areas. Nitrogen, which uses a large amount of natural gas produced, is bringing from $700 to $1,000 a ton, which is about twice what the price was, well, just a couple of years ago. It's easy to correlate the increase in natural gas prices to higher fertilizer, and that is a factor, but people in the business say strong global demand and fewer suppliers are really the driving force. No matter what is causing it, the price has prompted many producers to cut back on pre-plant applications and hold out for a top-dress fertilizer application on the crop after it's established. Even at the higher prices, if you consider that agronomists tell us it takes about two pounds of nitrogen to raise a bushel of wheat, it still makes sense to trade about 70 cents worth of fertilizer for $12 worth of wheat. Now, if the crop is looking good between now and spring, I'll look for fertilizer spreaders to be busy even at the higher prices. This is Barry Mahler reporting from North Central Texas for Texas Ag Today. The Texas A&M Forest Service is asking hunters to do their part to not let a wildfire start. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And a recent study was conducted to determine if weighted calving is important for dairy heifers. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. It's been a tough year. As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy, finances, weather, and even a pandemic 
increase our stress levels, and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit. But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org stress to learn more. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. A recent study was conducted to determine if weighted calving is important for dairy heifers. Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at the study. Bovine Vet Online indicates that the study incorporated data from 2,000 Holstein cows from the dairy herds at Penn State and the University of Florida. Parameters studied were body weight within the first 5 to 10 days after calving, maturity rate, which is body weight at calving as a percentage of mature weight, and body weight change after 30 days of lactation. They also measured milk yield in the first 305-day lactation, milk yield in the first 24 months of lactation, and the longevity of the cow in the herd. It was found that heifers in the top 60% of body weight at first calving had significantly higher first lactation milk yields. However, there was no significant relationship between body weight at first calving and long-term milk yields measured at 24 months of lactation. Heavier heifers lost significantly more body weight in early lactation compared to lighter heifers. Also, the heaviest heifers were 49% more likely to be culled at a given time. After examining the results, researchers concluded that heavier heifers produced more milk at first calving, but the heavier heifers lost more body weight after calving and were surprisingly at a higher risk of being culled. The other surprising finding is that the heavier heifers did not produce more milk long-term even though the heavier heifers did produce more initially. The researchers concluded that the best weight for dairy heifers at first calving should be around 73 to 77% of their expected mature weight. These heifers have the best chance of reasonable milk production in their first calving without sacrificing long-term milk production. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas A&M Forest Service is asking hunters to do their part to prevent forest fires. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. The Texas A&M Forest Service is urging Texas hunters to be mindful of activities that may create a spark and ignite a wildfire this season. From 2016 to 2020, the Forest Service responded to more than 3,700 wildfires that burned around a million and a half acres in Texas. Around 37% of those occurred during major hunting seasons from September to January. And about 9 out of 10 of all wildfires are caused by humans. Knowing all of that, the Forest Service is asking hunters to do their part to not let a wildfire start. Especially as we enter the drier months of the year, at a time when there's plenty of vegetation on the landscape that could burn. To prevent wildfires, the Forest Service is asking all Texans to avoid driving over and parking on dry grasses as that could spark a fire. 
Before you build a campfire or burn brush, be sure to check with county officials as some counties have burn bans in place or will have them in place due to increased wildfire danger. Never leave a fire unattended and be sure to make sure that fires are completely out before leaving the area. Check your tires before heading out, make sure they're fully inflated, and that any chains on your trailer don't drag the ground. When chains drag, they can create a spark that will ignite a fire on dry vegetation. And last but not least, always be ready to put out a fire. Have a shovel, water, and or a fire extinguisher handy when camping, hunting, welding, or burning outdoors. If you do start a fire and are unable to control it, or if you spot a fire, be sure to report it to authorities as soon as possible. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw mostly lower trade in the cattle markets on Tuesday, but the cotton market climbed higher once again. We'll take a closer look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market traded mostly lower on Tuesday, mainly in response to a rise in the corn market. We finished lower on all except the nearby December live cattle contract. It was up 10 cents, closing at 132.20. The February down 42 at 136.70. April live cattle down 15 at 140.25. Feeder cattle closing lower. November down 67 cents, 157.90. January down 50 cents at 159.80. March down 37, 161.02. Cash-fed cattle market still quiet, no sales to report, but we do see some bids from the packers at 130. However, the feedlot's asking 132 to 134, so no sales to report so far. Boxed beef prices higher on Tuesday. Choice up 84 cents, 289.49. Select up 319 at 271.79. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Let's head to Cameron there on the Little River. Talk to Kenny Mingus from Milam County Livestock Auction. Cameron, about the sale he had this last Friday. Kenny, while auctioneer Troy sells this calf, tell him how you sold them last Friday. Larry, we had a total of 1,070. Out of that mix, we had about 238 cows and bulls with about 80 buyers on hand. So we had a good day, and the market was good. Let's walk those pins. You bet. With the steers under 300, 127 to 230. Three to 400 pound steers, 112 to 203. Four to 500 pound steers, a dollar to 196. And a half and over 500, 70 to 172. On the heifers, 106 to 175, under 300, 3 to 400, 1 to 160, 4 to 500, 90 to 157, and over 500, 70 to $1.39. Packer cows about steady uh, from 20 to 70. Bulls about the same, 60 to 89. On your bread cows from 350 to 1250, and on the cow calf pairs from 1000 to 1450. Market's clicking along pretty good. If anybody's got anything to sell, it may not be a bad time to, to cash in. A lot of these people are trying to stock these oak fields. We've had moisture up here in this country, and there's some moisture out west. 
in spots. It's a lot better than it was, you know, a month ago when we talked. Like I said, the front end of them are, are really smoking. Kenny, how about this week? Guy's going to send 60 calves. They'll be out of Tiger Stripe Cows and Charlotte Bulls. Got another customer, probably have 50 to 75 that I know of. And, and I think the weather's going to be good. You know, last week it kind of rained Wednesday around all day and pretty wet. Got kind of from an inch and a half to three around here. And so I think they're going to kind of beat the bushes this week. And I think we'll have a pretty good run. Kenny, give us your contact info. You bet. Just catch us at the office Monday through Wednesday at 254-697-6697. You can follow us on our webpage at MilamCountyLivestockAuction.com or catch us on Facebook. Don't forget, guys, there's not but five sales left in the year. Yep, and we've got a Christmas special coming up December the 17th. And also, we're going to have a big set of cows there on December 3rd. Maybe that was Kenny Mingus, Milam County Livestock Sales Member Friday. And I'm Larry Marble, and I do walk in the pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network every Monday through Friday. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs close lower on Tuesday. December hogs down a dollar forty-two, seventy-four ninety-five. The February down sixty-two cents at seventy-eight seventy-five. Class three milk was higher. November milk up seven, eighteen twelve, a hundred weight. December milk up forty-three at eighteen eleven. The cotton market closed sharply higher following a slightly bearish supply and demand report from USDA on Tuesday morning. They raised the size of the U.S. cotton crop to 18.2 million bales. That's up from last month's 18 million. They also upped domestic stocks to 3.4 million bales. However, global stocks were slightly lowered in the report, and it seems like that global stocks number is the one the market took seriously. We ended up strongly higher following that report with December cotton up 283 points, 119.38. The March up 190 to close at 115.19. December 22 cotton up 47 points, 91.31. The corn market finished higher, USDA upping the yield by a half bushel per acre up to 177 bushels. That is a record high, and that increased production. However, they increased domestic use, and that seemed to offset the production number. December corn finishing three and a quarter higher, 554 and three quarters. March up three and a quarter, 564 and a quarter. USDA left U.S. wheat production unchanged at 1.646 billion bushels. They did increase domestic ending stocks a bit. However, we're still at a 14-year low for ending wheat stocks. So that just continues to support prices. July Kansas City wheat up 11 and three quarters, 787 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat up eight cents, 784 and a quarter. In the energy markets, December natural gas down 47 cents at 495. December crude oil up 237, 84.30 a barrel. The financial markets slightly lower Tuesday afternoon. The Dow down 161 points at 36,270. The NASDAQ down 111, 15,871. The S&P down 20 at 4,680. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name is Kerry Martin. Hope to see you next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.